Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Rob is a best-selling author, former F-16 fighter pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, world-renowned keynote speaker and corporate trainer who's trained Fortune 500 companies around the world, executive coach, father of four, and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Rob Schallenberger. All right, welcome to our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners wherever you are in the world today. So grateful you took the time to join us and invest of your time. And the purpose of this podcast today is really to focus on something that each one of us has to deal with, and that is money. <laughs> you know, my dad had a saying, he said, yeah, you know, money's not that important, uh, but it does rank right up there with oxygen. <laughs> and he's right. In fact, every one of us is going to have to deal with money, and it can be an incredible blessing, or it can be a real challenge or struggle for us in this life. And, and the reason for choosing this topic for the podcast is because, you know, I've been all over the world teaching seminars and training people, and I see some of the goals they put down, and what are their concerns, and what keeps them up at night. And often I'll see this come up to be one of the top one or two, three issues in someone's life is how do they handle their money? How do they take care of it? And, and really getting past this point where they feel like they have something that they can give back and contribute to society. So think about this. Just I want you to picture something in your mind, this feeling. How great would you feel if you woke up in the morning and you didn't owe a single penny to anybody? How great would that feel to be totally debt-free and not owe a single penny to anyone? Well, that's the idea is how do we get there? And it's not just about making more money. It's about keeping what you make in your pocket, which is just as important as how much you make. Now, there's something that piqued my interest a few days ago. I read that two-thirds of our population, if they were to lose their income, they would have less than one month of savings to keep them going in their home payment, their food, and everything else. Two-thirds of our society, if they lost their current income, would not be able to live off their savings for more than one month. That's incredible. 25% of our country actually has a negative net worth. In other words, if you're listening and you have no debt and $10, you already have more money than 25% of the citizens of the United States. Isn't that incredible? I mean, on the way to work each day, I drive by these beautiful homes. And yet over the past several years, several friends who've lived in those homes have had to foreclose. And I think, how did this happen? From the outside, it would look like they're a millionaire. You know, they're a member of a club, they drive a nice car, they have this beautiful home, yet they had to foreclose on their home. They couldn't meet their debt obligations. And that leads to another interesting study, and that is a vast majority of people who would appear to be a millionaire, these have these nice homes and beautiful cars, actually would not be able to live beyond six months if they lost their current income today. And that's the reason for this podcast. As income rises, oftentimes so do expenditures. And how do we avoid that? And, and there's one other crux to this before we get into the eight ways to make more money and keep it in your pocket. And it's critical to address this, and it's the programming. It's our subconscious mind and the programming of so many people that says money is bad. <laughs> and, and it's this real subconscious adversity to having money. Yet if you look around right now in our society, many great people have taken their money and donated it towards great causes. How far along would we, would we be in cancer research? How many people would not have had clean water in Africa had it not been for the donations of other generous people? If you look through the Bible, 
some of the greatest leaders of all time were very wealthy. David, Solomon, Abraham, and many others. So it's not this idea that money is bad. No, it's the love of money that tends to get people in trouble. In fact, money can be an incredible blessing. It's when we focus exclusively on the money and it becomes that single focus that it tends to consume people. And it's, it's when we learn to give back, to help others with that money uh, and to take the stress off your own shoulders that money can be a great blessing. It's when we get consumed by it that it becomes our sole focus that there's a great risk and a danger. So it's not the money. In fact, it's great to have money. It's that love of money. And right now, we're going to focus on how can you accumulate wealth? How can you keep it in your pocket? It's not just about the money. It's about staying focused and being balanced so that you can have a myriad of success stories in every area of your life. And money will certainly help you do that. Uh, we all know what it's like to stay awake late at night, to be stressed. Are we going to be able to meet this bill, this debt obligation? And by having money, you don't have to have those types of worries. And so let's get into the eight ways that you can make more money and keep it in your pocket. So here's tip number one. Make more than you spend. <laughs> now this may sound simple, uh, but as I mentioned earlier, expenses tend to rise to meet income. And so a lot of us would say, oh, I'll start saving once I have more. Well, not really, actually. Whatever habits we have now will continue to be our habits the more money we make. I mean, think about it. That cycle, that loop could go on forever. You make $100 million, well, you could get a $50 million citation, a jet, a Learjet. Your toys can just get bigger and bigger the more you make. So it's not saying when I have money, then I'll invest it and save it. It's making more than you spend. So make sure right now that your revenues are more than your expenditures. There's a great book called The Millionaire Next Door that really everyone should mean should read. Uh, really illustrating this idea that we don't need to play the keep up with the Joneses game. Let the Joneses be the Joneses while you quietly work towards becoming rich. Yes, I said rich. Uh, if a barber making $35,000 a year in the United States can become a millionaire, who can't do it? So it's not just about making more money. It's making more money and not allowing your expenditures to rise with that increase in income. So keeping it in your pocket. You know, there are plenty of people, and I know some of them personally, who were millionaires at one point, but they lost it and they're as broken out as they were ever simply because they didn't follow the habits I'm about to share with you. So like I mentioned, it's not just making the money, it's knowing how to keep it in your pocket. And tip number one is to make more than you spend. Uh, the temptation will be when you make more money, oh, awesome, now I can go out there and get that car that I've always wanted. No. You need to resist that urge. And that leads us to step number two, which is to set a goal and develop a plan. Now think about this. Picture in your mind a dollar amount that you would like to have in your account two years from now. What would really be awesome? If you could have that dollar amount in your account, what would that be? So hopefully you've got a number in your mind right now. Did you know that you are 90% more likely to accomplish something when you have a clearly written goal and plan. Yet the irony is that only 10% of people on average have goals and plans. You want to get it done, put the number down on a piece of paper. Develop your plan on how you're going to get to that number and put it in a place where you can see it often. Now, there's a large group who won't do what I just said. And if you've ever heard of the Pareto Principle, it's the 80-20 rule. It's not an exact science, but it's pretty close. 
the Pareto principle is this. 80% of your time is spent on 20% of people. At the same time, if you look at a sales organization, 20% of their sales reps are generating 80% of the income or the revenue for the company. So it's this idea of 80 20 and it, it's, it's almost a science if you look at just about any different area of your life. What does it mean here? 80% of our listeners will say, that's a good idea, and do nothing about it. 20% of our listeners will say, you know what? I don't have that in my life right now. I'm going to do exactly that. Well, I'm focused in this podcast on helping the 20% who want it and take action. So I'm inviting you to right now come up with a goal that gets you excited, that would stretch you, and develop a plan on how you're going to get that into your account. It could be for 2016 or 17 or whatever we're in that year. It could be a five-year goal or a 10-year goal. It's nice to have those different objectives so that you're moving towards something. Writing it down is a powerful step, and you've already put yourself in the 10% simply by writing it down. All right, tip number three. Now, this is going to be a tough one <laughs> for a lot of people. This is not easy, and that is to develop a budget. And now, think about why this is important. If you've developed a budget, you know the power of a budget. If you haven't, then what we tend to do is we just wing it. We buy on impulse. We buy on emotion. Once we have a budget, we eliminate a lot of that emotion, a lot of that impulse, and we ask ourselves, well, is it a part of the budget? If it is, great. Hey, feel free to do it. And as we make more money and as we have more saved and invested, we can increase the fun part of the budget or the giving part of the budget. Uh, and that can certainly be a part of it. But it takes away that emotional, impulsive buy that gets a lot of people in trouble with credit cards and things like that. So develop a written budget month by month and look at it often. Every Sunday, have a budget council where you look at it for five to ten minutes and ask where are we at, how are we doing. So number one, make more than you spend. Tip number two, set a goal, develop a plan. Step three, develop a budget. Step four, <laughs> this is going to be a tough one as well for some folks. Don't go into debt. The only exception to that that I would suggest is for a home. And then having a mortgage that would be less than 25% of your income, more like 10 to 15% is better, allowing you to save and invest more. Other than that, don't go into debt. If you can't afford it, then don't buy it. Uh, so for example, I see these people driving around in these beautiful cars, and actually when you ask them, they say, yeah, well, you know, I have monthly payments for the next six years, and it's whatever that, you know, $400, $500 a month. And they're going to entice you in. There's going to be some great offers out there. Hey, 0% APR for the next 36 months or this or that. Don't get into that trap. As soon as we go into debt, we are a slave to that debt. I'm sure that most of us have been in debt at some point. If not, we know someone who's in debt. And when we have that debt hanging over our heads, we become a slave to it. It's not fun. It keeps us up at night. And as long as the income's there, oftentimes we can meet that debt. But what happens if we lose that income? If you look at oil and gas over the last few years, or I should say specifically over the last year, it's really taken a huge hit. Uh, not far from where we live, about an hour and a half drive is a big oil basin. There's a lot of people in that industry. I specifically know one person in this example who went out and bought a nice home. They leveraged themselves to the hilt. They got almost $100,000 in debt to buy two brand new cars, this awesome truck and a great car for his wife. And why? Because they thought, oh, we can afford this. Things are going great. Well, three months later, everything changed, and now they cannot meet those debt obligations. How well do you think they're sleeping at night? What do you think's on their mind almost all day long, every day? It's that debt that's hanging over their head, and that was a choice. They didn't have to go into that debt. 
If we have to drive an old rickety car for a while, then so be it. This is one of the things that will put us on the path to becoming rich, is eliminating debt and getting that money flowing into other places that will help you over the course of time. And I've even had people ask, well, what about school? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Uh, there are scholarship options. Dave Ramsey shares a story of a lady who applied for a 1,000 scholarships throughout the summer. I think she got turned down by around maybe I think it was like 950 of them, and she ended up with 50 or so scholarships. Well, that equated to almost $30,000. <laughs> there are tons of unclaimed scholarships every year. During college, you could work two jobs. Yes, does that mean sleeping a little less for two, three, four years? Absolutely. You could go into the military with a four-year commitment. They'll pay for college. The point is that we don't have to go into debt. It's become such a part of our society, and that is a negative programming issue where we feel like sometimes, hey, I'll just go into debt and no problem. Uh, it is definitely one of the habits that will lead us to be broke. All right, so that's tip number four. So tip number five is save and invest at least 15% of what you make. This habit will make you rich over time. <laughs> it may not sound like a lot, but when you compound this, uh, say you start when you're 25. What if you're doing that for 40 years? If I would have started this habit when I was 18, oh, I could only imagine where it would be right now. Uh, I started this about seven years ago, and it's already been incredible. Now I save more than 15%. Uh, so if you can save and invest more, do it. You know what's interesting about this habit? A lot of us might be skeptical listening right now and say, oh, I can't afford to invest 15% right now. Well, that's because our expenditures tend to rise to meet our income. So if you simply take that 15% away, invest it, and don't touch it, you're, you're not really going to miss it. Uh, in other words, it may be an adjustment for a month or so, and then that's just going to become the new norm. Whatever you're making minus that 15% becomes your new normal. And in the spirit of becoming your best, this is the path of good, better, best. This is helping us work towards better because now you're putting something towards your long-term retirement. And the compounding effect of this over time is incredible. So that's tip number five is to save and invest at least 15% of what you make right now. This habit will make you rich. Uh, now step number six, I'm going to borrow from Dave Ramsey. Great, great advice. He calls it snowballing your debt. Now, are there different ways to pay off your loans? So for our listeners who have, say, multiple credit cards, student loans, uh, different layers of debt, are there potentially better ways to pay it off than what I'm about to suggest? There probably are. What Dave suggests is that this is a very psychological phenomenon in snowballing your debt, and I agree with him. Uh, getting out of debt is more a mindset, in my opinion, than it is a skill set. It takes that discipline of the mind to actually do it. And so here's what snowballing your debt is. Let's say that you have five different credit cards with five different amounts that you owe on each credit card. What you would do is start with the one that you owe the least on and direct all of your energy and efforts towards paying that one off. Now, whatever you've been paying towards that credit card, once it's paid off, you get rid of it. Cut it up and take whatever you were paying towards that credit card and now move it to the one with the next lowest amount due. And so the comparison is this is a snowball that's growing. You know, you imagine a mountain, and at the top, you start the snowball rolling down the hill where it's going to gather steam. It's going to get bigger and bigger. <laughs> and that's what you're doing with this debt payment is you're snowballing it. It's going to get bigger and bigger. And there's a real power in your mind that happens when you pay it off. There's this feeling of accomplishment, and you say, wait a second, I just did it. I paid off one. Now I can pay off the other. 
And that's the idea is you start with the lowest one, pay it off. Now, pay the minimums on the other one so you don't default on any of your credit cards. But other than the minimum, direct all your energy to that lowest amount. And then the second lowest amount. And then the third and then the fourth. And by the time you're done with those four credit cards, imagine the snowball that's rolling towards your biggest credit card. And once they're all paid off, he suggests to cut up the credit card. Uh, it's a powerful process once you tie that in with, with making a budget. And that's how you snowball your debt. It's a psychological approach that says, you know what? Ooh, I just did it with that one. I can do it with the next one. Now I can do it with the next one. Now once all the credit cards are paid off, let's shift all of that towards the car payment. Now the cars are paid off. Now it goes towards the mortgage. Now imagine the amounts that's going to the mortgage. And you don't miss it from your income because you are used to not seeing it. And that's the idea is that you snowball your debt and pay it off. All right, tip number seven. Take control of your money. <laughs> I have met so many people around the world and most of them say, you know what, I don't have any clue what to do with my money. Uh, I seem to put it in a stock market and it just goes down in value and I lose it. Uh, so I really don't have a clue what to do with it. Well, that was me up until about seven years ago. And then I decided to attend a seminar from a friend, Gary Williams. Uh, and then I went to some others and started reading a book a month on money. I determined that I was not going to depend on anyone else to take care of my money. You think about this. Who cares more about your money than you? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, there's some great financial planners. None of them care about your money like you do. So start to learn how to take care of your money. Don't depend on someone else. Read a book a month on money. Let me give you three suggestions, places to start right now. Easy, simple books. Richest Man in Babylon. The Instant Millionaire and The One Minute Millionaire. Three books that you can read right now. Have a huge impact. They changed my life. Richest Man in Babylon, The Instant Millionaire, and The One Minute Millionaire. It's as much a mindset as it is a skill set. And these will teach you not only the skill set, but some of the mindset to be successful as you start this journey to becoming wealthy. Now, like I mentioned, I didn't know how to do this. And it wasn't until I got into this journey myself about seven or so years ago that everything changed. And now when I get money... I know exactly where it's going. It's part of my plan. It's all mapped out. I don't have debt. And so what is it? What am I doing with it? It comes in. I allocate it where I have it planned to go. And I'm starting to rapidly build up uh, this money, putting me on the path to financial freedom. And anybody can do this. It's not something that's impossible. You can do it. It just takes a little bit of discipline and mindset. Remember the Pareto principle. I'm focused on the 20% in this podcast, the action takers. Because this is hard. It's a change of habit patterns. It's a change of behavior. But the efforts are worth it. Again, I'm going to use a quote from Dave Ramsey. He said, you're going to live like nobody else for a little while. So that you can live like nobody else the rest of your life. That's the idea. Is there going to be some cutting back maybe in some areas? Will it be a little tough as you start to shed some of this debt and pay it off and change these habits? It probably will. Yes, absolutely. Live now like nobody else because everybody else is keeping up with the Joneses so that in a few more years, you can live like nobody else. I love that quote from Dave Ramsey. So that's number seven is to take control of your money. Learn how to handle it. Learn how to buy and sell a stock. Learn what makes a stock go up and a stock go down. Learn valuation. Learn what Bollinger Bands are, RSI, uh, directional indicators. You could maybe even go a little bit further. Learn how to sell a covered call. Very low risk. Great way to make some extra income once you have stocks. So that's the idea is learn how to take control of your money. And number eight, <laughs> there may be some people who disagree with me on this. 
however, most people who have been in this situation would say this is the best part about having money, and that is to give it away. Give money away. And, you know, I don't know how this works uh, in the universe. I have my opinions and ideas uh, based on my beliefs. I believe that the more you give away, somehow, in some way, the more comes back to us. Uh, that we are blessed when we use money to help others. Somehow it continues to grow and, and it shows up in ways that I never would have expected it to show up. And not only is it fun to give it away, there's this satisfaction that comes inside that is just incredible. And it's fun to do this with your kids. Uh, and there's so many different ways to do it. You know, you could go to a shelter and just simply give away $20 bills or $50 bills uh, or whatever. There's people that are going to have things that come up. You can see it on Facebook. And when they're going through a challenge, you simply quietly write them a check. Uh, there is no feeling like that. And yet I've heard so many people say, you know what? I just don't have any money right now to give away. Well, there are some cases where that's true. However, money is a magnifier. In other words, if we say, you know what? I really don't have anything to give and I'll just give once I have more money. Well, in most cases, that's actually not true. Money just magnifies who we are. If we're stingy and selfish right now, nothing's going to change when we have more money. <laughs> if we're giving and charitable, if we're kind and lift and help others right now, even though we may not be in a great financial situation, when you make more money, that just magnifies your ability to give. It magnifies your ability to help others to a larger scale, to where you could be donating to cancer research, helping build wells in Africa, or do other incredible things that will change lives and communities. And no one needs to know about it. You don't need to have your name on a building. It can be something that you know about and maybe the closest people in your family know about. And that's all it takes to be totally satisfied inside. I believe that heaven helps those who likes to help others. So those are the eight tips. Let me just briefly review them. Number one, make more than you spend. Number two, set a goal and develop a plan. You're 90% more likely to accomplish something when you have a goal and a written plan. Number three, develop a budget. Number four, avoid debt. It makes us a slave. Number five, save and invest at least 15% of what you make. More if you can. 20 or 25% if you're able to. At a minimum, 15%. Number six, snowball your debt. Start paying off those credit cards and other debts right now so that you can be debt-free. Number seven, take control of your money. Don't depend on someone else to teach you, or not to teach you, but don't depend on someone else to handle your money. Know how to handle your money. Have a plan for where it's going to go. How are you going to grow it? Stocks, bonds, other things. Learn about those so that you're well-versed on how to handle your money and you're not dependent on someone else. Eight, give it away. <laughs> it brings an incredible joy into your heart. It's a Money is a magnifier, and if you're a charitable kind person, it's simply going to magnify who you already are, and you're going to be able to help a lot of people, and there's an incredible sense of satisfaction that comes with doing that. So why this podcast? Well, there's a lot of people who are in a financially tough situation, and now hopefully with some of these habits, you start to move on to the path of financial freedom. You get out of debt so that you're not a slave to anyone else, and you can start helping and lifting others. Remember, for Barber making $35,000 a year can become a millionaire in the United States. What's to stop any of us from being wealthy? More than what you make, and although making more money certainly helps, no doubt. More than that, though, is about what you do to keep it in your pocket and grow what's in your pocket. And that's the idea. So let me just say it one last time. These are the habits that will help you live like nobody else. Now, is it going to take a sacrifice up front? Absolutely. That's why you're going to live like nobody else in the beginning, driving maybe an old rickety car if necessary, living in a smaller house, 
so that in a few years, now you can live like nobody else in the car of your dreams, in the home of your dreams, and not owing a single penny to anyone and having a huge financial reserve. So hopefully this has been helpful. Uh, I would love to hear some of your stories. And I've been asked several times recently, you know, how can you come and get more of this? Well, twice a year at Becoming Your Best, we host an Entrepreneur Success Boot Camp. And by the term entrepreneur, we're talking about anybody who wants to develop a side income, learn how to build a business on the side, or learn how to build a huge business, whatever your vision is. You're going to get all of these tips and, and many more. If you come to this two-and-a-half-day Entrepreneur Success Boot Camp, the next one will be November 30th to December 2nd, 2016. Obviously, if uh, you're listening to a recording in a year or two from now, then that's going to be well past. <laughs> and you can go to our website, becomingyourbest.com, to see the dates for any new and upcoming breakthrough leadership conferences or Entrepreneur Success Boot Camp. So I hope this has been helpful. We sure appreciate you. You're the reason we do these podcasts. It's great to meet you around the world when we see you and put a name to a face, shake your hand, give you a hug. It's a big team effort. And in the spirit of becoming your best, we don't just do this alone. Uh, This is how we help and lift others in the process. So wishing you a fabulous day wherever you are in the world and have an incredible experience this week. Help others. And we will see you in a few days at the next podcast. Have a great day. thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating interview is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.